Welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack. Welcome to our second anniversary episode. We're celebrating two years of doing this podcast, and oddly enough, we've done 52 podcasts. We have no idea how it worked out like that because we've skipped several weeks. And we're not on schedule and whatever, so, well, voila! <laughs> so, this is a special episode. It's a little late for the recipe but you'll be all set for next year. And uh, the recipe that we're going to talk about today, the food that we're going to talk about, is panettone. Panettone is an Italian Christmas bread. You've probably seen it if you shop at Tuesday Morning or Home Goods or any of those stores like that or the big mall-type stores, uh, Macy's and Kaufman's and uh, Neiman Marcus. um, A lot of stores will have... Panettones imported for their home goods department. And they are a special holiday loaf of bread. Typically, when you get the ones that are um, imported, they're in a fancy multi sided cardboard box and they are um, not exactly what you would call a bread. They tend to be very moist, probably because they put some sort of a liqueur on them or something like that so they never kind of never ever go bad you know (laughs) they're shrink wrapped in some kind of cellophane and they they just they seem to be perpetually moist no matter how long they've been in tuesday morning so it's an interesting gift for people and they've become very popular in the united states you see them all over the place and a lot of people probably haven't tried them don't really know what they are, um, but it's just a it's a holiday bread, kind of like an Easter bread, with a distinctive flavor for the most part. There's a lot of different recipes for it, and a lot of different styles and whatever. Um, I, I was reading about them online, and a lot of people absolutely hate panettone. I don't know why. I think they might have gotten really bad ones or ones that were around for in the packaging for quite a long time, and they really didn't like them. But they're they are a sort of a um, a drier dried fruit bread. They're really good for like uh, French toast or toast, just toasting in a toaster, but they're really good for French toast because they're dry and they soak up all the moisture. But they're, it's just, I think it's very good. And probably because if you haven't listened to this podcast before, I will make something the way I like it if I don't like the way that it is staying within the confines of the tradition of the recipe, of course, but I will tweak it until it's good. So this is a panettone recipe. I've made it, I've made it several times, uh, different ways, and I've got it narrowed down to the dried fruits that I like in it and the texture that I like. I tried a little experiment with it the other day to see if I could shortcut it at all, and it was a total flop. So there is no shortcutting to this recipe. <laughs> so that's a good tip that I can tell you. You have to you kind of have to do it the way it is. Um, I'm gonna. I have two different recipes here that I that what I'm gonna do is when we post the recipe cards, I'll have the uh, normal recipe and the big recipe. The normal recipe should make two loaves of panettone or one really big loaf of panettone, and the big recipe makes six loaves. And the reason I did that is because when you buy the, um, if you choose to use the panettone papers, which can be purchased from King Arthur Flour online um, or probably some other gourmet websites, but they are like a giant cupcake paper 
they actually, they're what you bake the bread in. So they are pretty firm. They stand pretty tall. You put them on it, you put the dough in it, let it rise and put it on a baking sheet and bake it. So they're kind of a neat thing. But when you get them, like I swear I bought mine maybe 10 years ago and I finally just used them up. So there, I don't know how many are there. It seemed like they multiplied or something. I don't know. But I had six left, so I made six loaves of bread. And it came out very good. Like I said, it's a heavy, dense, dry bread. It's, it, I don't know. I heard it. Uh, one of the things I read described, described it as an Italian fruitcake, but it isn't because it doesn't have a lot of the same elements of fruitcake like a disgusting flavor <laughs> Would be the one element, but it has some of the way that it is made um, traditionally uses candied orange peel in it. I don't use candied orange peel. What I use is a variety of dried fruits and uh, flavorings, and I use almonds in mine. So what what these are the dried fruits that you would need to use in uh, this recipe. Now, if you don't like any of these, don't use it. Because you want it to be something that you're going to enjoy eating. And if you're not going to enjoy eating something that's in this, don't put it in. Because why? You know, for the sake of tradition, for the sake of tradition, come on. If you don't like it, don't put it in. Okay. So do you put candied orange peel in? I do do not put candied orange peel in because I don't care for it. I think in, I've had Panettone, good bakery Panettone, and I've had imported Panettone with it and without it. And the one that I like the best, this is kind of a copy of that one. Um, because what, what you want to remember is panettone is a celebratory bread. Apparently it originated in Milan in the 1500s and it was a, it, the, the name of it, I guess, so what I've read, says that it means luxury bread. And what it was, it was for uh, Christmas church celebrations, and you wanted to really do it up. You know, the people would just do this really fancy thing because all of the things that are in this were at that time very pricey, difficult to get. And even in our time, they're pricey. And it was something special. So this is something that was created to be a very, very special Christmas treat. And it was something that was used at a church service and everybody shared in it. And it was just like, um, uh, just think of um, something to help you celebrate Christmas. That's the thing. You want it to be, uh, you want it to be good. You want to enjoy it. I imagine if you couldn't get some of these items, substitutions are fairly common in any sort of ethnic cooking. So if you can't get certain items, you'll substitute other items. And I know different people from different parts of Italy do things differently, yet the same. You know, everybody makes spaghetti sauce, but the spaghetti sauce is different. Everybody makes meatballs, the meatballs are different, that sort of thing. So the panettone, if you don't like something like I said that is an ingredient that I chose, choose something else or just leave it out. So these are the dried fruits that I use. I use golden raisins, and I'll tell you why I use golden raisins, because they're soft. And they're I like them better than uh, the regular traditional black raisins. And the golden raisins have a milder flavor. I think they're sweeter, but they're softer, so they're not this hard raisin pellet that's going to you know, be laying there in your bread. I use craisins because I like craisins and I think they give a really interesting flavor to breads, especially in combination with other dried fruit. I use dried apricots. 
Uh, dried apricots are so good, especially in this bread. And what I do is I cut them up with kitchen shears into smaller pieces so you're not getting this massive uh, dried apricot in your bread, which you could say was sort of like a special surprise. Surprise! Did you get the giant apricot? You win this toy or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but um, You're like the queen of Christmas. You're the queen of Christmas because you got the whole apricot. So I use slivered almonds. I don't toast them. I just use slivered almonds because they seem to incorporate nicely into the dough and they don't really leap out at you, but you get a nice flavor off of them. So slivered almonds, untoasted. That is the fruits and vegetables that go into this bread. <laughs> vegetables? I don't know why I said vegetables. <laughs> okay, that's the fruits, no vegetables that go into this bread. So in addition to that, I use orange flavoring. It's orange oil. It can be called at times orange oil, but it is an orange... Maybe orange extract? Orange extract, yes. So it's a very orangey flavoring, and it's uh, it's really good. You really get it in this bread. So I'm going to give you the small recipe, and then we will include the large recipe when we do the recipe cards, because I don't want anybody to be overwhelmed and pass out from the largeness of it. And you don't have to do anything super special with this, but one thing I can honestly tell you, if you're going to make your panettone for the holidays, don't do it on a really cold day, because I made it on a really cold day, and it didn't rise at all. It was like it couldn't move. It was paralyzed in its little ball of dough and laid there and stared at me. Okay, so here is the recipe. And I wanted to say, I do this all by hand also. I don't use a mixer when I mix. I never use a mixer for bread. So um, if you would like to use a mixer, you certainly probably can. I did not, however. I just used a bowl and a spoon. So here we go. You're going to need two cups of uh, flour. You can use regular white flour or unbleached flour will work fine for this. So whichever you like. Uh, two cups of flour. One-fourth cup of very warm water. One-fourth cup of melted butter, one-and-a-half teaspoons of vanilla, a half teaspoon of orange extract, one-and-a-fourth teaspoon of salt, a half cup of white sugar, two eggs, one packet or one tablespoon of yeast. So this is the dough, and what you want to do, you're going to mix up this dough, and you're going to let the dough rise, then you're going to punch it down and add the dried fruit and almonds after that. Is there a specific reason why you wait? Is it because of the heaviness of the dried fruit and stuff? Yes, the heaviness of the dried fruit, number one. Number two, uh, the dry fruit will bring the temperature of the dough down and cause it to rise super duper slowly. So do not add the dried fruit. You have to let it rise. And also it's a heavy dough because of the butter. It's got a lot of fat in there. It's a heavy dough, so you want it to have the opportunity to rise. Now, when I made my big batch, I did not have any trouble with it rising, but it does take about twice as long as normal bread, okay? So you're going to mix your flour, the salt, the sugar, the yeast, dry ingredients all together. Then you're going to add your very warm water, fourth cup melted butter, and your two eggs lightly beaten put in there and just start stirring it up and stir it up and it'll turn into a sticky yellow ball. And then you're going to knead in additional flour until you have a nice elastic dough that's not too sticky but a little bit sticky. It's going to not be sticking all over your hands, but it'll stick to them as you work it. So you want to keep kneading it until you get everything incorporated really well and, and you have a nice sticky dough and it'll 
probably feel heavy to you as you're kneading it, but that's perfectly normal. Now, some people at this point with this dough, some people will make this dough in the evening and let it rise all night long, then punch it down in the morning and add your dried fruits and nuts. You do not have to do that. You can do this, like I said, it may take this in the range of two to three hours to rise up and double in size, but if it's a nice, you know, if it's a 50 to 60 degrees outside and your house is relatively warm, you shouldn't have too much trouble with it rising. Yeah, if it's very cold out, maybe overnight, or I did uh, warm my oven. I put my oven at 200 degrees for about five minutes and then shut it off. And then it was nice and warm and I set my dough in there to proof it because that's, you know, that that's just a nice little shortcut with dough, especially if it's cold outside. So you have your dough and you're going to put your dough into a lightly oiled bowl and cover it and let it rise. Okay. In the meantime, you measure out a third cup of golden raisins, a third cup of craisins, a third cup of dried cherries and some, and I take my cherries a lot of times, they're really big and I'll take my cherries and snip them in half with the kitchen cheers, just so it's not this gigundo cherry, you know, in there. And the apricots, again, a third cup of apricots that have been cut up. And they're, they're so easy to cut with kitchen shears. I usually cut them into six pieces for the average apricot. And then a third cup of slivered almonds. So this ends up being a cup and a third addition that you're going to add into your dough. Once your dough has risen and doubled in size, you're going to punch that down, knead it a little bit. And what I did, I spread it out into a circle and I put the dried fruit and nuts over top of that and kind of rolled it up and then I started to knead them in and that is a tedious job because you're fighting them the whole way they don't want to be in there they're trying to jump out you're smashing them back in there again you're folding it over rolling it up pressing on it pushing them in and it's just like a battle (laughs) but after about 10 minutes you can get them in there pretty good and then you're going to put that back into your lightly oiled bowl and cover it and let it rise again. Once it has risen again, double in size, you're going to punch it down again, divide it into two loaves, and put one ball in each of two of the uh, baking papers, okay? I set the papers on an airbake cookie sheet, the two-layer airbake cookie sheet. You can use a heavy baking sheet, would also work fine. So you set your two loaves on there, and again, let them rise till they're double in size again in those papers, okay? Now, this is the way you're going to bake them. It's a little bit of a trick, but this is how you do it. You bake them for 10 minutes at 400 degrees, okay? Then you bake them for 10 minutes at 375, and then you bake them for 30 minutes at 350. And you may need to bake them longer than 30 minutes at 350, but you will know If these are done, they will get a very dark golden brown top on them. And when you flick it with your finger, you'll be able to, it'll go like thud, 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 you know, and you flick it. You will know when they're done baking. You, you will know. Um, they, they look very done when they're done. They get a very nice dark brown coating over the top of them. When you bring them out to cool them. Now this is a, this is a thing. You can cool them on a rack and that should work just fine. However, uh, panettone is traditionally cold upside down, and what you, what they do is they run two of um, like a skewer like you would use for shish kebab, a metal skewer or a wooden skewer. They run two 
skewers through it, and they hang them upside down to cool in a big pot. So uh, you'll see pictures of that online if you look up Panettone. It's kind of a funny thing. But I have never done that. I have never cooled them upside down, and I've never had a loaf fall because I think the way that I do it, I get a sturdier dough, and it's a heavier, sturdier dough, so I, I don't have trouble with it falling. This isn't that hard to make. It is very time-consuming, though, so I would say plan on about five hours from start to finish. If it rises well for you, plan on about five hours from start to finish. But like you've said with other things, you can go do other stuff while it's rising. Right. Like any other thing that has to rise or set or whatever. Right. It's five hours total time, but you... Yes, you you don't have to sit and watch the whole process unless you really want to. <laughs> but anyway, it makes a, it makes a really delicious loaf it's a very nice it's very nice for the holidays i actually gave some of them for gifts and um and it's just really good and it's it's dry it lasts a very long time this loaf will last a very long time if people don't eat it all up right away and i actually used ours to make french toast i sliced it all down and made french toast with it and it, it is phenomenal for french toast absolutely phenomenal the combination of all of the dried fruits the flavors that you get and then that background orange and vanilla flavor in the bread itself is very very good and it it just it's a really tasty treat which is why i'm sure someone came up with this brilliant idea for a, a luxury christmas bread so the big recipe it just triples all of what i just did there basically that's all <laughs> it triples it all up it's it's like i said it's not simple i mean it's not difficult to make it's fairly simple to make you just have to you know kind of be careful with the temperature and um, really do get those dried fruits worked in and that's about it but it just makes it's a really good thing if you've never tried it before it's a good loaf to try so sometimes you're messing around and you want to practice for next christmas so you have you know like yeah i'm going to practice this in may sure practice it and it actually freezes really well I actually have a loaf in the freezer right now from my six loaves. Um, but it does freeze really well. And, you know, like I said, it's good any time of the year. Makes delicious toast. Makes delicious French toast. It's just an all-around good thing, which is why it's such a fabulous, fabulous Christmas bread. So don't be afraid of the panettone. I don't care what people say if they don't like it. It's just like me with, uh, what's that thing I said, fruitcake? I don't like yeah. fruitcake. Something about it like the look of it i think i just don't like fruitcake but um, well happy anniversary to us two years be sure to check us out online uh we're on facebook and instagram as mary mac bakehouse and on twitter as mary mac mixes and our website is mary com. and thank you if you've been listening we really appreciate you we hope you enjoy the show if you have any ideas for things that you'd like us to try figure out and put on here we'd love to do it we have a lot of great things coming ahead we're messing around with some um, different ingredients substitutionary ingredients uh, we're going to do a special vegan edition to meet the needs of people who don't eat meat and can't eat dairy or don't eat dairy. So we're going to do a really cool uh, show with a friend of ours who has become quite the chef with his transition into the vegan lifestyle. He's really cooking up a storm. So um, we're going to do something with him. Terry Jones, that's Terry Jones. He's going to be our guest and come on and 
cook with us. We're going to do a few other things uh, here. We have a really cool pie we're going to be doing and um, lots of lots of le- neat little things ahead. So uh, we like to thank you for listening if you did. And if you didn't, well, maybe you'll listen next time. Thanks a lot.